Tron Legacy arrived after the original film built a cult following in the decades since its release in 1982. The sequel comes with modern visual effects and a critically acclaimed soundtrack by Daft Punk. But as of yet, there's been no sign of the franchise it was supposed to spawn. So let's take a look and see what happened. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Should have said greetings, users, or something Greetings, that users. I would, but like users still just sounds like I'm saying losers. <laughs> it's too close. You, you user. <laughs> I mean, I'll say hello, losers at the start of the show. <laughs> I'll take the heat. Greetings, no. users. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is the Science Fiction Movie Podcast. Uh, we're here today to talk about Tron Legacy. Uh, we're doing a little kind of mini season of about a month or so of sequels, specifically number twos, uh, you know, of movies that we've already done. Not poop. Tara, can I not say the phrase number twos without you acting like a child? Nope. Good to know. So, yes, we did. Tron was actually relatively recent. We did the first Tron um, a few months ago. And I had seen the original Tron, you'd seen the original Tron, but I had not seen this. I had not seen Tron Legacy, which came out in 2010, uh, directed by Joseph Kinski, who went on to do Oblivion, which I could tell actually watching this. I, I, I recognized a lot of Oblivion-ness in this. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about that. Also Maverick. Oh, did he do it? Well, yeah, but I didn't recognize it from Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, there's a plane bit, but I, you know, I didn't really think of it. it like there was def, but I definitely got a sense of some Oblivion stuff in this. So, yeah, and we'll start spoiler free anyway, as we always do. Yeah, we'll give you warnings before we get the spoilers. Uh, it's a sequel to Tron, of course. So, I mean, you kind of have to expect to have a little bit of knowledge or expect that I might spoil some things. But basically, Jeff Bridges' character of Kevin Flynn uh, disappeared in 1989, which is a great year, by the way, just for the record, uh, where he had a son who was about eight or something, and he went missing, and then in present day, his son is now an adult. He now technically controls the majority of uh, the, the corporation because Flynn ended up with it after the last movie, and he is a troubled young man. He's got daddy issues because his dad disappeared without any explanation. Uh, and of course, he's going to end up inside the grid. Um, and he may or may not find his father in the grid. So that's that, 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 that's all I'll say for now. That's that's the basic gist of it. Do you cool. disagree? <laughs> You're giving me a, it's like a, a slightly judgy through the smile look I'm getting right now. No, I was just thinking about the movie. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll get into it. We'll talk about how it looks and how it compares to the looks of the first film. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the cast, uh, the effects, all that stuff uh, before we get into the spoilers, which is the you know the the meat of the, the the plot and things like that. But uh, I suppose I'll start as I always do by just simply asking Tara, how did you feel about Tron Legacy? I am a big fan of this film. I saw it multiple times when it came out in the theaters. I loved it. I thought it's um, 
And I still think that it's just one of the coolest movies ever made. <laughs> it's got like just an incredible production design. Like they really took the, I don't know, like the, the idea of Tron and like, it seems pretty faithful to that. Um, you know, you have a lot of the same stuff, but it just makes it so much better and cooler. And of course, everything is like amplified by this incredible score from Daft Punk that even if like, if anything else was like happening in the, like a different score was happening, I probably would still like the movie, but like the score is everything. Anyway, I'm more curious about what you think of the film. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure going on, going into this <laughs> on the movie because you talked it up quite a bit for some time, and when it was coming out, I just it kind of just passed me by. Like I just I didn't really think about it. You know? A lot of people have that attitude. <laughs> yes, I just oh, it's a Tron sequel. Okay, great. I guess uh, I think at the time I hadn't even seen the original yet, so I probably just I never even registered for me. Um. There's a lot of pressure on me right now because you're staring at me, waiting for this answer. And I, I, it's okay. I'm expecting the worst. <laughs> it's just okay. Like, you know, I, oh, I, screw you! It's just I quit. Like, <laughs> like, I think it's funny, like, just how similar I feel towards this as I do to Oblivion because I, like, I did feel a lot of similarities between the two movies. And yeah, when a, you said that before, I was like, oh, I just not like it. <laughs> it's just got a very similar kind of like clean sci-fi visual style it's got music by a popular kind of synth artist in this case it's daft punk in the case of oblivion it was m83 um and the music is good right the music is by and large very good like i'm not going to dispute that um but it's also a little hollow for me much like oblivion i, I kind of never really felt like i was that invested in the plot because it was pretty simple Mag MacGuffin stuff it was pretty simple sort of repeating the key beats of like getting out of the grid that the first movie already did so i never really felt all that much for that side of things and on the extreme end of the spectrum there are parts of this movie that i think are actually really stupid and i'll i'll, I'll talk about them in a, in a bit probably in spoilers uh and also the thing that you were probably expecting me to say and it has to be said is the cg young de-aging tech on jeff bridges is horrendous and takes me out of the movie every second it's on screen <laughs> maybe we should just record tomorrow <laughs> i need some time <laughs> look the de-aging had to start somewhere okay <laughs> no it didn't we could have just not done it <laughs> ever <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's definitely going to be beneficial for us in movies going forward, you know, because especially um, with the whole like aging and de aging stuff previously, where it's just like slapping a bunch of makeup on and people look terrible. Like, uh, you know, I think this is that also would take people out of the film. What's so frustrating about it is that the opening scene, which is set in 1989, and it's yeah. Jeff Bridges talking to his son, right, and saying goodnight, basically. And it hides his face for a lot of the scene. And I thought, you know what? This works because we're only seeing just a little bit of the side of his face, right? It's yeah. fine so far because we're just hearing the voice and we get... And I thought it was going to do that the entire scene. I thought it was going to do this thing where we that just never see his face. That would be thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And not only does it eventually come around and show you his face, the moment that really made me go, oh, this is bad, is when his final line when he goes to shut the door because it kind of like goes... A, it's a close-up on his face and he kind of smiles at his son. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh no! Like, 
I'm pretty sure the motion capture on like uh, CG faces is better in video games now than it is in this movie, and that's maybe an unfair comparison to make. But like that—that's what I saw when I looked at. It. I saw a video game cutscene. Uh, you know, whenever his face was on screen, it was a mistake to do that. I think they were really proud of the, you know, of the the technology. So they wanted to do that. And I remember going to see it and like that scene happened and everyone like gasped <laughs> in the theater because they were all so impressed by it. Um, you, sure it was a, you sure it was being impressed? You sure it wasn't gasping horror? No, <laughs> oh, I think like a lot of older people were just like, that looks like young Jeff Bridges. There's wow, like, we're almost <gasps> there. Cover your children's eyes. It's horrific. <laughs> it's scandalous. Yeah. I mean, the Uncanny Valley thing is still very much there and... You can let it take your take it out of the movie, take yourself out of the movie or whatever in your experience, or you can just be like, "Well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good for like when it came out because there was really nothing like it before. I mean, maybe there was a little bit or in some other Marvel thing or whatever. I don't know, but like the f- it- uh, the first time I saw this type of tech, I want to say it was the post or the end scene from X Men Origins Wolverine when Patrick Stewart showed up to rescue the kids and he came out of the helicopter and he's walking and he smiles at them. They did some de-aging to make him look, I don't know, circa next gen <laughs> Patrick Stewart. I don't remember, but I, I believe you. Um, yeah, so this is like the first... I think it would have worked if it was in... Because they, they do so many clever things to hide it. Like even the opening scene, like you said, there was, uh, you know, his his face was like backlit by a lamp so it was mostly black and you just see like some other actor playing young Jeff Bridges or whatever but and that could have worked just fine and actually be really clever like you could have just done the tricks and used his voice and stuff Mm -hmm. and it would have worked um but and then when you go into you know the grid and you see young they still keep using a version of young uh, Jeff Bridges, like sometimes they do flashback scenes and it's, it's done through like a CRT TV or something. So there's dots covering it or the coloring's different. And, you know, there are all these clever ways to hide it. They'll be like, we're not quite there yet, but we need that, a young Jeff Bridges. So this is what we're doing. And, you know, even the fact that they're in this, this world, this cybernetic world, I think you can still get away with it looking a little computer graphics-y. But... Well, I would agree. It's just that opening no, 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 scene no. that kind of ruins it. No, I disagree. I would agree with that point about getting away with it in the digital world to an extent. If everyone else didn't just have regular human heads, this is actually one of the big differences between this and the original is that when they go into the grid, there's no like filter on their faces. It's actually like I was surprised when the main guy, the, you know, the son, like Kevin's son, when he goes out of the grid and it's just his regular head still, I was surprised. I was, oh, that's an, they've made a conscious decision to change that rather than that effect they had in everyone's faces inside the grid in the original movie. So because of that, I think the CG face on the you know, the alternate young Jeff Bridges did stick out constantly because everyone else just looks human. So, it, it, I don't know. For me, it never worked. It was this stilted-looking You mean you, nev- it never got, you never got over it, is what you're trying to say. Well, no, because it literally shut the whole time. <laughs> I, I don't know. The movie's so good that I just get distracted, that like distracted by that rather than, you know, uh, like I understand when this came out and the special effects that they were able to do, and that for the time it was great. And you know, we give passes for other films that have that. Well, you get well certain things get passes if there's still like charm to it, or if there's st- like 
I don't know if we do give passes to this extent, though. Is there anything as bad as this that we've given a pass to? I don't think there is. Um, maybe I do and you don't. <laughs> we tend to do it more for, like, uh, 60s and 70s and 50s movies that, you know, are trying to do stuff to make with puppets or with models and oh. things like that. And nothing ever really looks real, but you're like, you know, it's of the time. Yeah, but I will stand by what I'm about to say. That holds up better than this does. <laughs> the models with the strings hold up better than this CG face. Do you really hate this? Like, it's not that bad. It's just like, yeah, I get that the Uncanny Valley thing is there, but I don't know. Like, it's 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 for the for the time it came out, it was good, and obviously the technology's gotten better <laughs> since then. But it had to start somewhere. If I saw this in twenty ten, I would not have thought it looked good. I'm, I'm sorry. You're not going to somehow spin that in me. No, 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 no. I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> well, no, it's just this. It's the CG face. That's it. Like, I'm not saying... I'm not okay. trying to shit and everything. Can we not bring it up for the rest of the review, then? We don't have to bring it up for the rest of the review. Okay. Right? I, I'm, I'm getting it out of the way now. It looks bad. And it looks bad. And it probably looks... like I wouldn't say it gets worse as the movie goes on, but there's, like, some big moments where the character shows more emotion later on where it also mm-hmm. sticks out even more so when those moments happen. When he's yelling or he's screaming at someone, and that's where it's, it's that's when it's at its peak worse. Well, it's always the mouth, right? The mouth is the giveaway. The mouth, the mouth is really bad, yeah. The mouth is the worst part, yeah. Yeah, I can concur with that. Okay, we never have to bring up the CG face again. Is there anything you like in the movie? <laughs> The music's good. Um, I do think visually, music's fantastic. The visually, it's it's good with a caveat, uh, and the caveat being is that I actually prefer how the original looks. The really? face, the <laughs> if you see for the audio listeners, the face I just got from Tara is priceless you don't think that the production design of this movie is very creative and very sleek and very cool but like well, it, it, unique it, it, and <laughs> exciting and let me <laughs> right no i i agree it's, it's pretty good right but one of the things you just said there is that it's very sleek and i think i like the the grittiness of the original movie i i, I miss the effect on their faces i like in the original film the way those like lines of light showed up on the suit felt like it felt different because of the techniques they were using for it. Whereas here, it feels more like they're in just like an alien planet rather than like an actual computery thing. Because it's just like you know, it's, everything's very sleek and there's curves, but it's literally just streets. So, you know, he walks out the building when he first goes to the grid, and it's like it's, it's designed like streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that they've still got the sh- same ship design, you know, the sort of the like the end shape or whatever you want to call it that's sort of flying around. Uh, maybe, like, maybe the pie symbols a better, <laughs> better descriptor. Um, it's like a like a staple, or a staple, based upside down. You is basically what we're saying, okay? Uh, so, and and that's like, and that's the thing when you look at that and you can sort of compare that to the original one. You can compare it side by side and sort of see how different it is. I appreciate that it's a much more like fancy looking, super slick version of what was in the original, but I do think that the people walking around look less interesting uh in fact uh there's a couple of scenes where either sam uh or kevin sam's the son for the record for everyone who's not you know following sam's the main character who's the son of kevin uh the son of jeff bridges um there's a couple of moments where they're walking around with hoods up 
and that like kind of made me laugh because they look like Jedi. <laughs> and I got well, a good this chuckle. was before Disney had Star Wars, and I think I mean obviously this movie has sequel bait, so like it was clearly planned to be more films than this, but it didn't mm. really catch on with audience. Well, they're they're planning a new one again, but I don't think it's following on from this. I think they're trying to set up from scratch again, effectively. Yeah. Hey, Peter That's doesn't bad. P- Peter doesn't like a franchise. How do we get him into it? Oh, we'll add Jared Leto to it. <laughs> Great idea, Disney. I don't no. want to talk about it. <laughs> Wait, because you don't like it or because you're annoyed at my negativity? There's a lot happening. There's a lot that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I've wanted... For, what, 13 years I've wanted a sequel to Tron Legacy that's been denied to me, and now I'm not getting a sequel. You're getting a reboot, which I can see it probably loosely connect. Like, I imagine they'll probably still tie it to those films, but it'll be like a new main character. It'll be, you know, a new idea taking it forward rather than following up on what this movie sets up. Okay. That's just my guess. I could be completely wrong. Maybe it is a sequel. I don't hate Jared Leto as an actor, so I'm okay with him being involved. It's just, just not what I want. Oh, oh there is a, one other thing I hate in this movie, actually. I don't know if you're ready for that, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it would be best if we talked about the positives. <laughs> um... What were positives? Um, I think the world is awesome to look at. Like, I think everything is like really leveled up, <laughs> you know, from the original film. Like the the light cycle race is really exciting. The games that we get also is they're just they're they're so true to the rules of the original one. But everything's just like I don't know, like cooler and more exciting, and it's got that that sweet music in it. And I I like the character of Sam. Um, I think there's also like a lot of, um, a lot of cool themes going on between, um, between like father and son dynamics, of course. And like, uh, the dad being attached to like two different versions of his son, basically. And also there's a, there's a lot of like biblical themes going on in it too, with God and like yeah, well, more can... Adam and Eve than, than Jesus, I would say. But like, there's definitely a God and like a son and creation and stuff well, like well, that. Well, that's something that definitely came up originally in the first film, because the whole idea of the creator and how they talked about users being kind of like their gods. Like that was definitely yeah. something that was planted there originally. So, um, yeah, it's definitely here in this one. Um. I feel like they don't. I feel like they sort of like bring it up without explaining it, though. Which I'm not. Which isn't a complaint. That's fine. If anything, it's better. No, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more subtext to it. Not not everything is like bonk bonk on the head. And I think a lot of the stuff was meant to be explored in future films that didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. Um. So Sam's like I think uh, Garrett Hedlund who plays Sam. I think he's fine. He's got he's got enough uh, decent charisma. I do think there's a couple of eye-rolling choices about how to kind of try and make us like him early on. Um, I think there's a lot of his, uh, I'll just say, adrenaline junkie shit at the start of the film kind of made me laugh because it was a bit over the top and silly. Um, <laughs> it shot really well, though. 
Um, so, I, you know, I, I was kind of conflicted on some of that stuff. Obviously, I was happy to see Bruce Box later, because, you know, Babylon 5 is, is delightful. Doesn't he look like Richard Gere in this? When he shows up, I'm like, he looks like Richard Gere. <laughs> um, I, I'm not seeing it, but I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Kelly and Murphy shows up for like 30 seconds. Uh, yes. Like, Clearly, he was the character that's meant to be more of an antagonist in the future films. <laughs> he's not even credited. Really? He's not even credited? Because uh, he so was a name at the time. So here's the thing. We were meant to record this about a week and a half ago, and we had to delay the recording. We ended up doing the Transformers movie first, right? So I rewatched that again. And when I was rewatching it today, and it got to Kelly and Murphy, I was like, yeah, Kelly and Murphy was here. What, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, they definitely got someone recognizable. He's playing the son of David Warner from the first film. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, um, like, I think, yeah, I mean, the world does look good. Like, I don't want me saying that I preferred the look of the grid in the original film. I don't want that to be taken as I don't like how this looks. I think I like the i think there's a charm to what that original film had because they were using all these interesting techniques to pull that look off and i think here there is almost it's, it's that kind of thing when you go from the old school techniques to just like having like the seed like you know like they're you know they're in a green screen kind of room and they're they're shooting this all with these surroundings and that's fine that's how things are done now but on some level um well i do like the design of the ships and stuff um, and I appreciate that the, like all the good guys have got blue lights and all the bad guys have got red lights to color code everything <laughs> is very handy. Um, you know, I, I do think like something as simple as uh, like the light cycles, right? I kind of missed having the solid lines behind them as opposed to this more transparent thing that they've got now because it's meant to be more sh- like sleek and glossy. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a taste thing more than anything else. But I just I kind of preferred you know that. I appreciate that they tried to like enhance what they could do with them though. Because this time there's like jumps, like they have ramps and stuff, and there's yeah. a lot of. Do you prefer like the PlayStation Two over the Five? It's not the same. Come on, it's not the same thing <laughs> at all. Hey, PlayStation Two, a lot of great games. I mean, there are some. There's a lot of things that have been lost though that haven't. You know, that the game industry's decided we don't want it anymore. They've decided we don't want some simpler games from the past, and we do, and that's why certain things Minecraft? come back. We're talking about Minecraft's like still making billions of dollars every year. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Exactly, it was simple graphics, something that looks like it could have been made. You know, the early days. Yo, but that's it. Always online, so that's got a lot of modern qualities. To it. I'm talking about like a genre that's like went away because like the game makers decided that it wouldn't sell anymore. But then an indie developer does it, and all of a sudden, oh, there's an appetite for you know. I, I guess the, the big Celeste or something. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's been a long time now, but, like, about 10 or so years ago when, like, side-scrollers started to make this big comeback from indies, it's like, hey, people do actually... Yeah, people do actually want to play games like these. Uh, You know, this weird race to the 3D world has left all these things behind, but sure enough, there's there's an audience for it. Um, So, you know, I like uh, like how the world looks. I like the ships. Um, I definitely think the people in their suits are a downgrade for my taste um if it, it feels less otherworldly to me if in a sense like like it was more alien although ironically i realized that i'm saying this feels more like an alien planet but i, I liked that it felt less like another world and more like something truly different in the, the first film which is what it was because it's the grid it's this you know digital world that's formed out of computer programs so 
I like the look of the world. I think it looks, um, I mean, normally I'm, I'm the opposite where I don't like things that look sleek, but I think it's, it's shot so well and it makes sense that this is an upgraded version from the Tron that we had before that, I don't know, I, I think the production design of this movie is especially really strong like and really good. Okay. I mean, I can't deny that there's a lot of thought. I mean, I do have it. some. I, I mean, I, I still have questions about how this world works. I mean, we see like a dead pig at one point inside the grid, and like, why is that there? Well, I'm not so much <laughs> concerned that they can create and just have like a dead animal inside the world because it's digital. They can just make whatever they want. My question is, is what are the characters actually eating in here? And do they even need to eat because they're in a digital world? Well, they, they drink the energy, like all the, the stuff, they, the wine they drink is all the glowy blue stuff from the first movie. And then there's a question, there's a question from the first movie that's still not answered in this one, which is, you know, their bodies disappear when they go in here and then they rematerialize when they come back out. Where are their bodies hanging out when all this is happening? Like, you know, they've never even attempted to answer that, I don't think. <laughs> the bodies turn into digital code, man. Piss off. I'm not. I, also, at one point in this movie, Jeff Bridges utters, utters the line, what was it? bio electrical jazz no no bio digital jazz man that's what he says and yeah. i'm like why is your character from tron merged with the dude from the big lebowski if there's just a few times where a little bit of that lebowski <laughs> was coming through look the man has been here for a long time because <laughs> uh as they explain in the movie time works differently much like in a dream it's much longer in the grid so I mean, the man has to find his zen. I'm sure that was very popular in the 80s, you know? He was a cool guy in the 80s. Rode a Ducati. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Laid back it. against the corporation. Yeah, we have uh, <laughs> Olivia Wilde in here as kind of her... Uh, it's probably too much of a spoiler to explain who she is, but she's she's in the digital world. She's in the grid. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of our, 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 lead, our female lead, effectively, but... Um, more important than the last one <laughs> yeah i think yeah that's fair to say that's fair to say. She, she's she's more important. she's more of a role yeah um so the, so the other thing that i said that i hated that i just i thought of while we were talking there's a character there's a character in here that i absolutely <gasps> no it's not michael sheen it, it is i hated michael sheen every circuit he was on screen he, he was literally doing like jazz dancing at one point and he was oh he was bowie man it was david bowie oh it was so awful <laughs> it, like why is he so charismatic or well I, I, that's that sounds like something you <laughs> why say is that a complaint <laughs> no no i said the wrong word like like i like why, why is he so awesome why is this computer program <laughs> so smiley and yelling and dancing and singing like he, oh he was terrible because his user programmed him to be that way oh i hated him i hate like that that section of the movie for me was like where my interest went to die like i was yeah. just out of it at that That's point the, the best song in the movie comes in at that point and i love michael sheen i love him in this role i love him in this universe and it's perfect Plus, it's one of the coolest scenes in the movie. Is it? <laughs> yep. I've seen it more than you, so I'm the expert. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm going to agree with that assessment, but 
Fine. Stop being so stuffy, all right? <laughs> Look, it's just an okay. It's, it's okay. Can't you just have fun sometime? It's just okay, all right? What do you want? Another Transformer and Marvel movie? <laughs> you know? You can't get into the original stuff? The cyberpunk? This is literally a sequel. Shut up. <laughs> one of the most original sequels to it's one of the most original films. So is Mad Max Fury Road, okay? Mad Max Fury Road is so much better at this. Come on. I do like uh, Mad Max Fury Road right. slightly like, more. But I love this film. Like, I think well, one of the things that you just said there kind of kind of hits on you know why I'm just kind of look more than this is that it is kind of you know the, the blockbustery side of it does feel a little bit you know typical you know the, the plot's not that like the plot's pretty just simple okay the plot's not doing anything that interesting same with Mad Max Fury Road it's about the world man <laughs> it's about the ideas about yeah, but they did that already in Tron. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole new Tron, all right? Okay. Whole new image. Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, though, is a great action movie, though, right? Like, it's this chase, and they're doing all these stunts and shit. Uh, it's, it's oh, fantastic. yeah, that doesn't happen in here. <laughs> but it's not real stunts, though. It's all digital. It's all CG. Not all of it. Most of it. We're going to some of it. <laughs> I love that Tara's trying to argue that the movie that's literally set in the computer world has <laughs> got a lot Not of CG. all of it. <laughs> also, I want to mention, because I did see it in theaters, I saw it in 3D. This was like the height of like 3D mania. And this was, I thought this was particularly cool for 3D because everything outside of, um, Outside of the grid is just 2D, but when we go into the grid, everything becomes 3D. So, and then you go straight into like the games and then the light cycle and stuff like that. So, like, it's really cool. It was really, it was a really neat use of the 3D. And it would like go back and forth sometimes. There's like a, a scene that's showing a flashback and you just see like all these TVs on like some sort of grid, I guess. I don't know what it, what it is. And all the TVs and stuff are in 3D, but the stuff that they're showing is on 2D. I remember that specifically because that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, the year after Avatar, so yeah, this was this was, you know, when the movies. Yeah, were trying but they to make did it work. they did you know clever work with it. It was definitely a movie that I thought was a, a cool reason to have a 3D experience. Oh, okay. Uh... I'm trying to think of something positive to say to not upset you. Actually, I really like the way the the world looks outside. It really reminds me of like David Fincher. It's got that like that that olive tone to everything. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of like a vomit color filter <laughs> over things. And like the cinematography <laughs> is really good. Of all the things I was not expecting to hear coming out of this review, it was a comparison to the visual style of David Fincher. Well, like when he's on the bike and stuff and he's getting chased mm. by the cops um, and then he's like going through the tunnel. It's got that that Fincher look to it until he gets to his home, his little apartment on the pier or whatever it is. And um, I don't know, like I think it's all, all it's shot really well, like it's shot really beautifully. I'm glad you like this. I do. Glad, I'm glad you like it. 
I don't think I'm the only one, too. I think it's a good movie. I, I think th th there are dozens of you, and I'm glad that you're you're passionate <laughs> about it. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. Like, you know, I, I think it's fine. And I think I think that the, the thing I'm not allowed to talk about anymore for the rest of the review is, you know, the big thing that I would say is actively bad. But other than that, I think everything's fine. You know, occasionally there's some things that are nice. And I, I do think the music's quite good, but um it does it, it, it very much feels like a franchise starter like they really wanted this to be the start of a of a series of movies and i would have given them all my money and i think there's a little bit of a it's, don't worry, it's not as hollow as say like amazing spider-man 2 which is like hey sinister six is coming here's like all your teasies for 10 sequels like it's not <laughs> it's not anywhere as bad as that but there is a little bit of a this is meant to be the launching pad to all the DLC that's coming later. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of that feel to it. Yeah. Okay. To compare it to I video games. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and other than the fact that we didn't get those other films. Mm. So maybe it feels a little um, incomplete for that reason. I miss David Warner. Yeah, rest in peace. I miss David Warner. Yeah. And I don't even love the first try. I'm very, like, I'm critical of the script to the first try. I think it loses a lot of steam, and the, the back half of the story is quite dull. But mm -hmm. visually, I think Tron is very special. I agree. Um, And I think this, you know, it doesn't look super generic by any means. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it just goes into a slew of, like, you know, CGI blockbusters. Um, But it definitely feels like a movie that was made in that era of CGI blockbusters, which we're not out of for the record. We're still in that era, but, you know. Sure, but it still doesn't look like anything else to me. Yeah. It's actually, funny enough, it's, uh, there's a couple of moments where uh, they're flying around on stuff um, and the music's playing that really made me think of Oblivion because I just, I, I got I got flashes of Tom Cruise on the motorbike and across the desert as, like, the uh, score was playing in that movie. And... You know, I just, it felt very similar to me. I'm like, yeah, I can tell this is the same guy. This is definitely the same director. He's going for the exact same kind of feel with some of these scenes. Did you watch Maverick? Yeah. Okay, you did. Yep. He likes his action, I guess. Do you, do you want a quick opinion on Maverick since you brought it up? Nope. <laughs> I don't think I do. <laughs> It's probably the best of the three movies I've seen from him. Um, that might be true. Uh, I do think it's overrated, though. I, I, once again, I, I don't think the story's all that much to write home about. But it's fun because of all the real jet stuff. And, like, how that shot. Okay. <laughs> well. <sighs> I think this movie is very special. And I think it has... It it also deserves a cult following, and maybe something will happen now that it's so available on Disney Plus. Yeah. I I want to say there's like other cartoon movies around Tron as well, maybe even a series. I maybe, don't know. Maybe this is the curse this franchise has to bear: is that every movie's a failure but gets a cult following over fifteen twenty years, <laughs> so it eventually well, gets another attempt. They also just opened up in Walt Disney World. They, they like just opened up a roller coaster based on the light cycles. Like and it looks like this oh, version yeah, of Tron, okay. obviously. So, and I, I, I thought that was an odd choice. Like it, clearly, it's a great choice for a roller coaster because it's a ride and it makes sense. You know, visually, it's quite distinct as well. 
but like they don't tend to do that unless there's plans for more you well, know the, like well, to we, promote an older film wouldn't really make much sense well we did say they're developing a new one so clearly they're yeah. hoping that that takes off and maybe they're even hoping that having this ride will help it a little bit by like hey yeah i think it, maybe it will garner some interest for people who are just like well what is tron let me look into it yeah maybe, maybe they'll uh try and sort of retroactively say oh it's based on the ride you know it's like pirates of the caribbean it's like it's, there's no previous the movies Mansion, yeah yeah it's just based on the ride <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jungle Cruise. Man, they've actually made like three or four movies based on their rides at this point. Tomorrowland? <laughs> oh, yeah. They yeah. Made a, the Whole Land is uh, is a movie. Yeah. That's the, that's Looking the, forward I mean, to Space okay. Mountain. I've not seen Jungle Cruise and I've not seen Haunted Mansion, but I am willing to bet that Tomorrowland is the best movie that, that's been made out of one of their rides. Well, yeah, Haunted Mansion, there is a movie with Eddie Murphy, um, but also there's a new one coming out like in a couple of months. Uh, so, yeah, I think I've heard that, yeah. With uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. I think, that, I think that's his name. The guy from Get Out. Yeah, no, I know who it is. Uh... Um, and what else is there? Well, Pirates. I mean, the first Pirates is pretty great. Mm. But I would put Tomorrowland over that, too. I think to, Tomorrowland's actively underrated. People, like... I agree. I, I, like I, I really like Tomorrowland. But, and it's sci-fi, so we'll do it at some point. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't done it already. Hey, you know what? <laughs> uh, we'll get to it by episode 300. How about that? Deal. <clears throat> this is episode like 198 for the record. <laughs> I can't wait to do um, or maybe Robocop. One... I didn't win, no. Right, I want to see the numbers. <laughs> <coughs> I'm dying over here. Yeah, yeah, I try to distract me. <laughs> I want to see the receipts. <laughs> District 9 was victorious. That's episode 200, which that actually might be next week now I'm thinking about it. I, I, might, I might be... I kind of forgot that was slotting in somewhere, to be honest. <laughs> I, th- I think that's slotting in. Uh, is that next week? Uh, it is, yeah. Episode 200 is next week. This is, this is episode 199. Yeah. Because we swapped. Yeah, it's because we swapped this and, yeah, so it's confused me. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess sequel season starts... Well, this is the start of it, but it's taking a week off for episode 200. And then <laughs> uh, you can expect Cube 2, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Future World, an Invisible Man movie. Although, I guess that's not a second movie, but whatever. It's, it's about time we did another one. And Empire Strikes Back. There you go. That's your slate for the next like, month. <laughs> wow. Hot scoops. I know. I'm being, I'm being nice. Uh, so, anyway. Spoilers! I think it's time we get into spoilers for Tron Legacy and go from there. Uh, there's not too much to say about the opening scene, I would say, because we've already talked about I mean, the main thing to talk about is this, because this is the first time you see the face. But otherwise, it's him talking to his son about the grid, and it'll take him there someday. And it sounds like this is the night that he left and never came back. Yeah. Uh, so. On the same team. Yeah, there is. So when it's showing you, because it cuts to the TVs next, and it's explaining that he's went missing, but it shows you like a clip of Flynn on a stage talking about how the future is digital and he's talking about how it's going to change the world. And I thought this was a weird little clip, although I think it may actually be intentional because of something that happens later with Clue. It's almost the word for word, the yeah. same speech. Because, but I, it did stick out to me. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. He sounds like a, like Mussolini or something on this stage talking about technology. <laughs> it's weird. 
Like it felt, <laughs> out, of, it felt out of character based on the Flynn that we knew in the first movie. I it guess. is very <laughs> like um, Hitler at the Olympic yeah. Games or something. But but <laughs> later on, Clue, who's the you know the younger AI evil version of him in the grid, he does a speech like this to his like your troops, and I'm like, okay, I think they're going for like a parallel here. And there's actually know. a ton of parallels when you watch the opening scene. Because not only is it setting up, like, okay, the world of the grid, in case you haven't seen the movie, the first mm-hmm. film, or in case it's been a long time. So we set up that, you know, Flynn and his son, and um, that his dad disappears on a Ducati. And so <laughs> then we meet actual Sam, and Sam's like a, like a daredevil in a way. And so he's a little, he's a little Batman-esque or Bruce Wayne-esque, where he, like... Um, we see the state of the company. We see that he's like a thrill seeker and that he, like he, he has like a light cycle chase in real life, like against a cop on a motorcycle. Um, and then he even has like a, a spotlight that comes down on him, much like the end of the film. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know what was weird about that? Like both the, the, the motorbike bit where he, he goes away from the cop by jumping up the ramp onto the other mm-hmm. road and also the skydiving off the top of the building is that i suppose in a way i should i should say I, I should see that as oh they're setting up why he's he's already able to do these kinds of why things he's great and that's at, why he can already do it yeah. the problem is though is that this is not consistent with the first movie because the first film didn't do this with its characters where oh hey flynn can already do all these fancy things he's good at playing video games though that's how the first movie set it up the first movie set it up that he's good at playing the video games of it and that yeah. translated to him being good in the world so I was laughing a little bit at some of this stuff early on in the film because it felt so absurd to me that we're starting the, the Tron sequel with in the, in the real world and the characters skydiving off the building for a thrill and parachuting. Yeah, Daredevil. And, and he's landing on a taxi cab, which for some reason, the cab driver isn't like concerned that someone fell out of the sky and landed on his roof. He's, too, he's concerned that the guy's getting a free ride and he's like, no free rides! <laughs> <laughs> like, What? Anyway, I've got a few comments to make about it's the scenes. silly. I, it could be a little silly. I've got a few comments to make about the scenes inside the the building, inside the uh, okay. fun. In the darkest meeting of all time. Well, that, that's my problem with it. It's like, so so they're they're having this meeting, and uh, Bruce, Bruce Boxleitner, Al Bradley from the first movie, he's on the board, but he's surrounded by all these other people who are more evil than him, and. The guy's basically saying, oh, we're about to launch... Uh, what's the name of the company again? Encom? Something like that? I think so. That sounds right. Okay. He's like, yeah, we're doing Encom OS 12. And we're going to launch it. And Bruce Bloxlighter says, hey, given that we charge, you know, schools and students and people, you know, people a lot of money for this, what have we done to actually improve it since 11? And the guy says... We put a twelve on the box, and, <laughs> and I'm like, this, this is this is a uh, Bob Evil from Mystery Science Theater. That's what yeah. this is. This is comically just villainous. Yeah. Well, Doctor. Also, he says that we've, um, you know, our company is what it is today because the child of our, because of the son of the family of um, David Warner, right? And then yeah. he po- points to Killian Murphy. Which and actually, so-, so I've got a second problem with this scene, uh, is that. They talk about Flynn like he's only been gone for like a year or something like that because he's like, oh, the idea of giving out our stuff free went away with, with Flynn. And I'm like, that's a really weird thing to like say given that it's been 20 years since he disappeared. Like, 
Things yeah. changed a long time ago. Why, why are you still referencing it? I, I don't know. That just felt because a Because Alan's part of the old, the old team. And this young hotshot is like, look, we got to make money. So it doesn't matter that this stuff can help can help a lot of people and obviously schools no, no, I, and students, I get whatever that. but no, I, I get that i'm just saying it feels unnatural the way they say it the way they bring it up here does not feel like it's been something that's like 20 years ago it feels like something that he it feels like he went away a year ago and all the policies to change things have all just happened recently and that's why it's still a thing that's been brought up i mean that could be true still like the company could have been run the same way for a little while but like slowly things have been changing over time we don't really know so it it could have only been in the last couple of years that, you know, Killian Murphy's character has really taken charge of things. He's kind of a younger guy. So. I mean, th- that is potentially true. They don't really give us any insight uh, towards that. But uh... we know, Yeah, all we know is that Sam is very apathetic when it comes to being in control of this company and doesn't only gets involved when he wants to uh, shake things up. <laughs> yeah, well, his whole thing here is that he breaks in and steals the new operating system and leaks it onto the internet for free, uh, pissing all the executives off. Except, of course, Bruce Blockslater, who just thinks it's kind of fun. Yeah, Alan. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Alan goes to see him after he's arrested for the skydiving <laughs> incident. He, get, he gets out of jail, and he goes home, and Alan goes to see him and says, hey, I got a page from your dad uh, from the old arcade. That's a bit weird. So... It sets up that he's reluctant. He doesn't want to take over the company. He's kind of like not one to take what his father left him because he's you know he's got daddy issues basically because his father because abandoned him. Because the legacy. <laughs> Are you trying to explain to the audience that it's called Tron Legacy because it's about the legacy of something going from a father to a son? Is that what you're trying to get across? There's a lot of themes going on. Legacy just, is obviously a big I, one. I just thought that particular one went without explanation. <laughs> if i'm honest i just wanted to say it (laughs) okay so he goes to the arcade and he finds a secret entrance to where his dad did most of his real work which was the new grid that he built and sure enough the honey egg shot the kids beam is sitting in the background and is ready to strike and beams him into the grid so You know, he ends up with the grid. <laughs> it is uh, very handy. I shrunk the kids. Yes. And very quickly he gets picked up as, like, oh, he's a rogue program. He's not got a disc. And they, 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 they arrest them and they take him to the games. And then four sexy ladies all come out and sink and, like, take off his clothes. Uh, to which he can't believe he's lucky at this point. And then, but then they dress him in the Tron outfit. <laughs> and give him a disc. I give... <laughs> and before one of them goes to the other one and says, he's different. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, so we, we get some disc throwing uh, where he's reluctant to play at first, but it does some dodging. He, he ends up, like, knocking out a panel of the floor like Fall Guys, and the other player, like, goes, you know, falling to his death. Yeah, that was uh, in the first movie, too. It's the same rules. Um, Yeah, but wasn't the first movie, like, rings that were, like, disappearing on the floor? Isn't that the same? No, this was, like, like a hexagon that he smashes away. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, this was a little bit different. Um, and this was more like tournament style, I guess. But, uh, but anyway, we get like a, a tease of the villain, right? Because we get him in... It's basically like a Daft Rinsler. Punk. It's, no, 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 no. I mean like the villain watching. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I'm talking about Clue. I'm talking about Clue before we know who it is. 
uh and he's got like a daft punk style helmet on right so that they're sort of doing the the cross promotion there a bit i guess uh, yeah daft punk is from this world <laughs> yeah what what's uh so what did you say this other one's the the main like fighter's name is rinsler yeah it turns out to be uses tron. two rings yeah it turns out to be tron later but i just we shouldn't probably call him tron the whole time though because that's confusing uh so <laughs> sure. yeah ring ringler rinsler rinsler okay <laughs> rinsler i'm sure to... there's an explanation for the name if we yeah. ever got that sequel <laughs> Aye, so basically he survives well enough uh, and Rinsler doesn't kill him because he bleeds, right? Because we see when the others get hit, they just sort of pixelate and go, right? Whereas he actually bleeds, right? Which, again, I'm like, we're in a digital world, though. Why does he have blood in here? It's not really And he calls him him a loser. (laughs) Calls him a user. (laughs) Uh, But this makes him take take him up to see who turns out to be Clue who is our young CG Jeff Bridges. Uh, so, and I think at this point, we'll just explain what the backstory to all this is, just so, because I feel like it's weird to dance around it. So, sure. so basically, in the past, uh, Kevin Flynn was building a second version of the grid based on the first version, and he brought Tron, the program, across and put him in the new one to help run it. And because he had all these real-life responsibilities, he made a program version of himself called Clue to like help run it as well. Uh, but Clue went, you know, it's that classic AI thing where he said, make the perfect system. And the AI basically said, well, it's perfect if I run it like a dictatorship then. <laughs> like, that, that's what that's what will make it perfect. And yeah. sure enough, did like a sort of uprising and took over the, the grid. And that's what's going on now. And Kevin Flynn got trapped inside and hiding all this time. So that's why he's not, he's been missing, right? He's in the grid. Uh, which is something that, like, Al seemingly always expected this. Because he was convinced his dad wasn't dead, and he probably obviously knows enough that he might be just be in the grid. So it's kind of interesting yeah. that he never tried to, I don't know, find where the grid controls were and see if he could do anything about it. <laughs> no? Well, Alan never went into Tron in the first film, or into the grid in sure, the first movie. But he knew about it, though, surely. I think, I think he knew about it. Uh, he seemed to know... Um, he seemed to to understand what was happening but i don't know that he ever went into the grid and even in this movie they don't really say that we see alan a younger version of him there but it's tron so it's never actually alan yeah yeah because at one point when he's explaining the backstory we see like two young jeff bridges one's the real one one's the (laughs) the the clue and then young bruce boxlater is also there so we got all that going on um and but the other big part of the backstory is that while this was all happening a miracle happened a miracle happened in the digital world which is where the creator and god stuff like it's already kind of there of course because he created all the programs and they already kind of look at him Mm -hmm. as the creator but there's this miracle that happens where a life form effectively that wasn't supposed to exist just kind of came to exist and they calls them the isos and that's one of the things that clue does is and this is actually very like nazi germany parallel where he uh, kills all the isos because he sees them as a a threat or whatever this is where i think like a lot of the like biblical stuff comes in like the um especially like paradise lost which is sort of biblical yeah it's hard to explain but it's 
it's like the so like god exists and he's the creator of all things and there are angels right and then one of the angels lucifer wants to get really close to him like he loves god so he tries to get super close but then god's like hey bro like <laughs> you're getting too close now and i feel like if you get too like as close to me too you might become equal to me in which case we can't have that so i'm going to banish you from heaven and lucifer becomes lord of the underworld basically so but then god's like i'm going to make another thing in my own image right and it's going to be perfection and lucifer comes in because it's so he's jealous of adam basically and like his closeness mm. to god and that he's this other creation that God loves more because he made it in his image. So like he messes with them and causes them to not be able to live in paradise anymore, which was the garden of Eden of Eden. So, I mean, that's where I think a lot of the parallels are between like the, you know, Flynn and his son and then Flynn and his copy of himself and what he thought was going to be the perfect world. But, um, you know, things went wrong because he didn't understand. And then this other version of, I think of clue, right? The ISOs are kind of like a natural AI that just appear because the, the world was right for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and his whole thing, this movie is he wants to get out into the real world. That's why he wanted to lure someone into it. Cause if he gets the ring, this is the MacGuffin part of it. If he gets the ring that belongs to Flynn, That'll, that's effectively a key to get out of the mm -hmm. out to the real world. So he's effectively trying to leave the Garden of Eden and go to the rest of the world, the whole movie. Um, uh, the, the part that makes that all that confusing is that the, the whole, like, makes him in his own image thing. Technically, uh, Clue, in this case, is the one that's made in his image, as opposed to whereas in, in this version of the story, uh, the Isos are the natural ones that mm -hmm. uh, are more like the Adam and Eve, even though... I, I think what's interesting... Uh, yeah, we, I mean, I, th I think we, there's a lot of influence yeah. there, but there are some changes, obviously. But I think a lot of characters can rep can kind of cross and represent yeah. and more when than you one thing. When you talk about the parallels between the father-son stuff, is like you've got the natural son, who's, you know, Sam in the real world, and then Clue was kind of this digital son. And the digital son, who was supposed to be perfect because he's a program, ended up corrupting and being awful. And sure well, enough... he's neglecting his own son, not by choice. Well, maybe a little bit in the beginning because he's work obsessed. And yeah, when you when you we go back to the parallels of the father son stuff between the like Sam and Flynn, but then also Clue and Flynn is they both have daddy issues for him, and one's the real son in the real world who he kind of like took for granted and then like lost all this time. And part of Flynn is obviously he regrets. You know, he says later on, I, you know, I'd have given all this up to spend one more day of you, with you if I'd known it was going to like take me away from you, and then clue is this son that he doesn't want anymore because he corrupted and and part of the end of the film even is like him accepting that you are part of me it's my fault that you corrupted i basically like i tried to create something that was perfect and that was mm -hmm. that was a fool's errand that was never going to really work yeah so, he was young and he had these ambitions that were unreachable yeah and unfortunately so does clue because he's a an exact copy of his digital self yeah, Clue is effectively like God's mistake. If you in the context of the grid, you know, then in the flood, um, <laughs> which is kind of what happens at the end. He basically, <laughs> you know, initiates the apocalypse in the grid uh, mm -hmm. by merging with Clue, uh, which is very uh, time cop actually. If if the if the two merge, if they touch, that's right. No wonder his movie's <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> Time cops better, damn it. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so there's all this backstory, and then the other thing, obviously, here we're talking about the Isos. He kills all the Isos in this uprising. We hear about. We don't see any of this, uh, but it turns out, of course, that Olivia Wales' character Cora is the only one who survived. Basically, Flynn saved one. He could save one, and he saved her. And she's kind of special because of this. Um, what's really interesting about this is that she, so she's really curious. She has this natural kind of like thirst for knowledge. And they, play, they do a little comedy bits with her and uh, Sam. And she asks like questions about the real world. Like, hey, do you know Tolstoy? And he's like, yeah, I know Tolstoy. He's like, oh, what's he like? You know, like <laughs> little comedy bits like that. Uh, so they do this thing at the end of the movie where they set up in the middle. Uh, the, Flynn says that clue can get into the real world because because sam's like how can he even do that how could he possibly exist in the real world and flynn makes it sound and i'm, I'm kind of reading between the lines a little bit here he says that with my ring he can do it and my implication the implication i got from that was that a digital program can't just go into the real world and have a body but technically because the the matter of uh, kevin's body exists and has like come into the grid like already effectively if clue goes out into the real world he's effectively taking that matter he's taking kevin flynn's body in the real world so what i think is funny about the ending is that cora gets out into the real world which technically means that her body is made out of the matter (laughs) that was once sam's dad and he's totally going to have sex with her so i'm just i'm I'm just raising the question (laughs) that he's kind of having sex with his dad's body I just I'm throwing that out there, because hmm. <laughs> if it's not if it's not like the matter from his dad's body, then where the hell did her body come from? Like, is there a three D printer just printing humans? <laughs> well, I mean, like we we drink water that was once dinosaur piss. It's not the same thing <laughs> anymore. You know, it's been changed and altered. And if you take the matter, it's, you know, I think it might have been a few things in between dinosaur piss and our drinking water. <laughs> I, it's weird you went that far back. <laughs> I was going to do like, a, you know, it's like the, the matter of the poop being turned into food again on Star Trek or something. But like that, that's also another magical thing. So I went with, you know, real life examples. So anyway, obviously we danced around a little bit there. I talked a little bit about some things at the ending because <laughs> they came to my mind whilst talking about all this ISO stuff and and Quora and all that. Uh, and maybe it's my way of trying to gloss over the parts with uh, Michael Sheen. I always go. I, I always say Martin Sheen. Like I, I was about to say Martin Sheen, and he's not Martin Sheen. I don't think they're related. Also, no, even though there's a lot of Sheens out there. No, no, no. In Hollywood, that are related. No, no. Well, I mean, they're, they're from different countries as well, right? Like, yes. Michael Sheen is the only British Sheen that I'm aware of, but I don't think Martin Sheen is related to the other Sheens that are all related. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah, Charlie and his dad, and, and and the Estevez, and the Estevez side. Yeah, that that whole and the Coppolas. They're all one big family. <laughs> Better trivia for you. Oh, anyway. Hollywood. I know. I thought, I thought. Hey, so, yeah, basically, when Clue like has Sam in his grips here after the whole disc fighting bit, 
uh, he wants to race him in, or let's say race, uh, battle him in light cycle racing. And of course, uh, our character Sam is good at uh, motorbike racing. So he's like, oh, wait, I can do this. And he starts, you know, pulling off some fancy tricks and, and winning and and whatnot it's uh you know it's, it's an entertaining sequence uh that ultimately ends with quora coming in in like a late car a late mobile batmobile <laughs> to, well it's funny you say batmobile because see when they're going towards like flynn's like hideaway and it's going through the tunnel with all the doors opening in front of them that's very mm-hmm. that, that's like uh yeah it's the first it's batman 89 when they're going into the bat cave uh and going through the, the tunnel leading to the bat cave and all these it doors is, are going yeah. up. It, it reminded me a lot of that well, scene. Well, that's around the time that Flynn disappeared, right? 89-ish. So <laughs> Wait, you maybe saying... he saw Batman and was like, <laughs> I like this. This is how I'm going to program my home. <laughs> You're saying... Do you know what? That's not the craziest suggestion you've given me today. You've said some questionable things. You've said some dumb things. Some really <gasps> dumb things. Hey. Astronomically okay. dumb, but okay. <laughs> but that's all right. I like that theory. I was doing a bet. Come on, I was doing a bet. I'm not okay. <laughs> I was doing a bet. You've said nothing dumb. Thank you. You've said mostly nothing dumb. All right, that's enough. There's always room for a little dumb. A little, little dumb. Always room for a little dumb. What would you like to talk about next time? <laughs> Whatever happens next in the plot. The awkward family dinner. Oh yeah, with the dead pig. Which is not a real dead pig, though, because it's digital, so even, even vegan you can be okay with this. But they are eating something. Like, Cora yeah. like, cuts up a carrot and puts it in her mouth. It's digital matter. It'd be one thing, like, if it was a digital projection, but they were just drinking the blue mm. liquid. Like, this is just something that brings him comfort is to have, like, a set a setup for his dining table but he still just drinks the whole time <laughs> hey what was once digital dinosaur piss is now digital drinking water yep well i think it's like electricity or something right it makes sense for the programs i, I don't know how it works for uh the users that are in there i guess, I guess that's what they would need to just energy well, i guess they're they might still be a digital copy of themselves, right, in there, but that's like how their conscience just represented itself which, in that well, world. Which does beg the question, if their body and matter is being stored somewhere, how is it staying alive? <laughs> Look through all this. Is this like Star Trek where you could just put someone in the transporter, like, beam, uh, just leave them in there? <laughs> you mean the murder machines on Star Trek? This movie's this movie's caca. I'm saying. By <laughs> <laughs> uh, portals is the only safe way for instant trans <laughs> transport. Uh, yeah, definitely not a uh, transporter pod. So you seen the fly? Come on, <laughs> bad nope. things happen. No digital, nothing. All right, so, uh, basically. Daddy Flynn doesn't want to like, get involved. He's like, ah, the safest thing's to do nothing so that like, the clue can't get to the real world. But mm-hmm. obviously Sam's like, no, I want to go home. <laughs> I want to run to the portal before it shuts. So I'm going to go to the city with my weird lame Jedi hood and try and find... I think that that, that robe is excellent, okay? I want mm. one so bad. 
The only one mm-hmm. that it rivals with is uh, the one that uh, the trench coat that that Samuel Jackson wears in The Hateful Eight, and that also has a strip of bold color going down, much like the lights in this robe. I just want to say it's awesome. I've got another word for it. <laughs> Brilliant. Like... <laughs> no. So four letter words. Why why do you not like this? I don't understand. Like he's going incognito. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just think like why do they have hoods in here? I don't know. I just I don't know. The whole thing just felt a bit weird to me. That's all. Personality? I don't know. I just, I just I felt a bit off. Anyway, but he goes to uh, the Sheen uh, bar where he's dancing around. Zeus's bar. He's he's doing like the jazz kicks at Libations one point. for everyone. Oh, I hate that line. And who is DJing? Why it's Daft Punk themselves, who fit into this world so well. They are Daft. They're a pair of Daft bastards. Okay, <laughs> we need to get rude. <laughs> I'll just. Wait, do you not like Daft Punk? Is that I, what I'm hearing right now? I have no ill will towards Daft Punk. I'm just trying to inject some, some fun into the conversation. I'm not having fun at all. And I feel like, <laughs> well, to be fair, Daft's a really common word in Scotland to mean stupid. Hmm. Maybe that's the point. Stupid, stupid punk. That's what that's what the name means. Yeah, you know the French. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm, I'm just trying to be silly. Like, give me peace. Are you not having fun? No. Well, because I don't like the movie that much. No, because you're putting on a character. <laughs> you love... trying to inject fun, and it's making me miserable. You love this character, though, when it's something you don't love. You know you do. <laughs> what else we got? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's a whole chase. Uh, the whole the whole Sheen character is just like a plot device because he he's immediately killed by the villain anyway right after. So he I mean, never becomes anything or goes anywhere. Well, he's a fun character, and we get to meet uh, one of the sexy ladies. Comes back. She has a name. It just opens up more world building you know like for for the sequels that were supposed to come out you can be like okay i could see this was also kind of in the first film when they walk by the area where there's like prostitute looking um programs <laughs> and like oh okay this is the cd part of the internet um yeah. it was kind of like that you know there there are programs in there that have these connections that are part of the dark web maybe who knows I guess I just I didn't like the character. Okay, it, it, it all boils down to that. He's too flamboyant. I don't like it. He's fun. He's fun. He's played by a wonderful actor, and um, I enjoy it very much. Uh, Olivia, or sorry, sorry, uh, Cora <laughs> gets her uh, arm cut off here, but luckily her magic eyes uh, digital DNA, uh, after a little bit of a, a pick me up. Uh, is able to regrow the arm and gets gets fine. That, that's the funny thing is we end up doing the exact same thing as the first movie where we're on like one of those long ships like flying towards the the portal. It looks like a broadsword. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, and then like the sh- the ship sort of comes up to them and we end up getting it's almost a little bit like chase like sneaking around the Death Star for like five minutes where they're going around the ship 
mm-hmm. they're trying to get uh, Jeff Bridges' disc back. Because we didn't mention that, but during the whole scene at the club uh, where the big fight happens... Rinsler actually is able to yeah. get the disc back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but Sam's, like, really, like, gun-ho about saving Quora, even though Quora's like, no, leave me, go, you know. Um, and saving his father. And saving his father. And there's a really ominous bit when they're on the ship before the action starts where they're bonding a little bit they're talking about stuff and he brings up his bike and he's like oh i'd like to see that and sam's like you will and i'm like mm, jeff bridges has decided that he's not making it out of here he's, he's sacrificing <laughs> himself like the movie's like painting it quite clear at this point yeah which, which is not a critique necessarily i'm just you know <laughs> it does it, it not hide its intention with that part of the movie you know what what thing i i noticed this time watching also is that when you see uh when when clue first traps um flynn in the in the system <coughs> excuse me um and tron is there and he's defending him he's like i'm gonna fight him for you so you can escape he actually gets a second um disc to be able to so he's fighting with two of them um in that scene so that's like the first clue if you will that um rinsler is actually tron yeah, the whole Tron thing, uh, it basically just pays off when like, they, they're... So when they get the disc back and they, 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 they escape on a ship. And we basically have light ships in this where they all... It's, it's just like the light cycles where they have like a barn that the ship forms around them. Like these fighter pilots that fail things. And we get a big chase sequence over the Sea of... Uh, what was it called? Sea of... Tranquility? I don't no, know. No, no, it wasn't Tranquility. <laughs> Oh, it was, a, it was like a tech word. Oh, Sea of... You've seen this numerous times. Energy? How... No, it was it began with an S. It, it was alliteration. Sea of Synergy. I don't know. <laughs> so that's annoying me. Okay. it was. I felt like it was so easy to remember when I heard it earlier. Anyway, uh... They have this big scene where they're doing all these jet fighter pilot style things, dodging each other, whatnot. Um, and Tron realizes he's Tron because he's been kind of brainwashed and that's why he's working for Clue. And he remembers and he has his one line where he's like, I fight for the user and crashes into the like, into Clue's ship. Um, Clue still survives and we have the big standoff after still, but this is Tron's big moment. Um, yeah, and he falls into the, the sea of... Um reset to default (laughs) where he he, uh like the lights go out when they're yellow and then come back on they're white like ah tron's back joe's uh weird is they never have him unmask by the end and i thought that was a bit strange because i i get why the argument could be well they're saving money by not having to dh him too but i'm like they're doing it so much anyway would one scene of him with his mask off really make that much of a difference i don't think so i don't know like all the stuff we get of young Alan Bradley, like is very, like they're they're doing a good job hiding him in that. Mm. So even when we when we see it, like it's through like a, what looks like a CRT or whatever, you know. So it's it's different <clears throat> than they are. They're so overt with the Jeff Bridges one, but for him, yeah, they're it's always kind of hidden in the background. Yeah, oh, and <clears throat> there's I mean there's an argument to be made that maybe. This was something that was added in later. Like maybe Rinsler was always going to be someone else or a different character. Oh, and then no, that's like, a good point. We should probably have Tron in our Tron movie. 
Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Like, because basically all they had to do was add the moment where Jeff Bridges says, "Wait, that's Tron," and then just dub in the line of saying, "Well, no, because if it was someone else, would he like change to being a good guy at this last second? But and I suppose that that's basically all a CG scene anyway. So maybe it doesn't matter. You could just change that. Yeah, maybe. It, yeah, it is mostly CG. It would be probably easy to do. You would just have to get Bruce Boxliner to do some lines and have the scene where Alan is, or Tron in the beginning, picks up a second disc. So that is the setup. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which was also CG. Yeah, so maybe it was something they added later. It doesn't have to be, but I could I could see, see it being that, maybe. I also was wondering that maybe because he falls into this, whatever this sea is, and he has to keep his helmet on for survival mm. so it's a more does it make more sense that he's alive for the sequel that never we never got yeah um so i anyway um okay i got distracted there for a second uh so <laughs> there's a whole standoff and they sort of trick uh clue thinks he gets flynn's disc but it's actually quora's disc and uh sam and quora have Flynn's desk and they were able to leave as a and this is one of the moments I thought was really silly just from like a visuals perspective mm. is when it goes into sl- poster. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 it's it's uh it's Flynn when he goes into slow motion when he sort of goes all Jesus-y and like starts sucking in uh Clue and there's like mm. a slow motion shot of him standing there and like the wind's hitting them and I just thought that looked really goofy uh and al- also I it awesome also close face as he's getting pulled back because it's like right up at the camera and he gets uh, I don't know it, like the whole thing was just a bit silly for me uh, well he's he's the god in this universe so like I think it's okay for him to have some sort of supernatural almost power over his creation which would be Clue and like well maybe physics change around him because he's doing some manipulation of them you know well, they set, a, they set it up kind of earlier because he uses a power similar in the club at the start of that action scene. But I don't think they really established... Like, I don't really like it when it's really wishy-washy as to, like, how does this work? What are the rules? What can he... What can and can't he do? You know, like, I, I don't like that uncertainty. I, I just feel like it makes it feel like, oh, why doesn't he just whip out this power any other time? You know? It feels a bit selective in the script when he can do stuff with, like this. Well, I mean, the only other thing he really does, like in the, in that scene, the the Michael Sheen one, this in Zeus's club or whatever, he shows up and he sort of just turns off the electricity in the club, so everyone is sort of feels threatened by that. And we see someone when he walks by, like they they start like prayer hands and stuff, like oh you're a user, like, um, but so it's not really much of a power. Like the only other power we get is that he's able to merge with Clue, which was already established. So I don't know that they're really breaking any rules. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll take your word on that. I, um, I, I think you can have the parallels to him being the god of this world without doing like an on the nose visual of it. You know, like I don't necessarily think you need this, especially when I just think it looks goofy, which is which is my problem more than anything. Look, this is the look that Jeff Bridges was rocking, right? He did Crazy Heart right before this, <laughs> I think, where he had this this god look. And then he did uh, True Grit, where he basically became Rooster Cogburn for the rest of his life after that. <laughs> I, I just... It's not, it's not the beard, okay? It's not, I'm not, I, I have no problem with Jeff Bridges rocking a beard. He suits it very well. 
So, you know, I just, I don't know. Like, there's just, there's little moments in the film like that that, like, come off as a bit lame to me. And I just kind of, like, I don't know, it takes me out of it because I'm like, ah, this is a bit hokey. That's too bad because it's a good movie. You don't have to get butthurt. <laughs> you don't have to be so cynical. Can you be like a glasses half full kind of guy? I'm just explaining why I don't love it and what I like and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. You just don't take very well to someone saying they don't like something you like. That's because all. everything I like is great. That's healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, Sam and Cora get out and... Uh, Earlier in the film, when they had a little heart-to-heart, she talks about how she imagines what a sunrise is like, and uh, so he takes her... The last moment of the film is him, like, showing her a sunrise. Uh, after he tells Alan that he's going to take the company back and stop them from doing all these nefarious, you know, things. Evil mm-hmm. corporation. Yeah, well, I mean, he's seen his dad, who is very much like him in the beginning of the film, where he's like, I... I don't want to get involved. Like, I'd rather just wait things out and let everyone else destroy themselves, mm. you know? But now he's taking responsibility because he's seen that in order to be, to survive and to, to, for the right people to win, like, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Get involved. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's arcs, man. I'm not saying that. I never, I never once said there wasn't an arc. <laughs> I agree. There is an arc. There's an arc. He doesn't care at the start of the movie, and he wants to take responsibility by the end. I- I'm not saying that isn't there. It- it's there. Yeah. The- like, um, yeah. Like, I- like I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. Okay, I am. I'm- I do. I'm I think gl- it's really good. I'm glad you're into this. I think it's it's not bad. It's got some nice moments. It's got some nice music, certainly. But I I just I don't know. I I never really get away from kind of just just kind of the simplistic adventure part of it just kind of feels like oh here's the MacGuffin here's this middleman we have to go see and then it's you know the, the race to the finish line like it's it's there's nothing about it that feels like it does anything super different from the original it kind of and, and, and in a lot of ways it feels like because it's trying to like kickstart into like a franchise with this one it's kind of just sort of trying to repackage a lot of the things the original did in a way that works for a modern audience which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing but it, it i don't think it added anything super exciting to me that was like oh that's your new spin on this that's the thing that makes me go ooh and ah and like you know i think it's missing that spark for me so this is the, one of the most ooh and ah movies i've ever seen <laughs> i just think the world is visually just so stimulating the music is excellent i think of uh, the 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 major themes are are present not maybe not overt but like they're there and there's a lot to analyze in that i think the the world is just so innovative and cool that i can't help but love it like it was such a great theater experience and i feel like i was the only one singing its praises then and now i find myself in the same position <laughs> i don't mean to leave you hanging i just much but funny enough much like oblivion i think the ultra sleepness of it makes it feel a little sterile to me and i, I you know i i just i don't find I it mean, as I've, interesting i've always been that way too i, I yeah. also enjoy things that are 
you know, make clicky sounds when you press them and are very, you know, you have to turn dials and, you know, pull down on latches and <laughs> things like but that. I, 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 but it extends beyond the visuals, though, and like the sets and things like that. Like, it, like even the, the plot feels very, like, like very clean. It's very neat, right? It's, it's, it's doing sort of, like, typical... Like, I think Clue is a villain. Well, you're right, there is stuff to analyze about how his relationship to, like, the creator and, like, kind of, the, the, he's, like, an alternate son. Like, there's definitely stuff to talk about. It's not, I'm not saying it's completely devoid of some depth. But I think how he actually functions in the movie as the villain who has a henchman who comes chasing after the guy, he's got a ship. It does feel very, it does feel like he's just taken out of, like, a Star Wars movie or something and putting into this in terms of how he operates as a character. Speaking of that henchman, do you know who he is? Uh, yeah, he's uh, Frayne. He, he was in Star Trek. He was uh, James Frayne. He's Sarek in the new shows, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned him. He's just kind of this like he's always trying to uh, kiss uh, Clue's ass. Yeah, he's Wormtongue. He's the little Weasley guy that sits yeah. next to the guy in charge. Um, he's easily swayed and you know, not not a good program. Yeah. Uh. Which is, which is whatever. I, you know, I didn't really feel particularly much for for his character, but I mean, he he got a laugh out of me a couple of times. There was one when they're like raiding the or checking out um, Flynn's place, his hideout, and it just cuts to him and he's like knocked something over and he's just looking out like a frozen, like a deer in the headlights, or like a dog that just got in trouble. <laughs> I thought that was always pretty funny. And then Clue just kills him in, in like a moment of anger later on well he does betray him right well yeah he get basically he's, he's too scared to fight back against the uh, sam when he shows up so yeah so he just tells him like where to go yeah so yeah he's, he's a weasel that's what he is um so yeah i think one of the things that i think the movie might have benefited from and the original like i kind of had this problem in the original as well i kind of wish that there was a sort of B-plot in the real world that was, like, concurrent with what was going on in, in the grid. It's something that I wanted in the original as well, where you see, you'll go back and see Alan and the, like, the ex-girlfriend, like, trying to solve a problem out there too that could sort of link into what's going on. Um, and I kind of, like, missed that here too. And I don't know who you would go to because there's less well, characters, but... Part of the problem is also that they established that time works differently inside the grid. Like when when Sam sees his dad for the first time and says, "Hey, it's been a long time," and he says to him, "Like, you have no idea how long it's been for me. Like, it's been ages." Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I just think it would, I don't know, break it up a little bit and like, like, cause you know, at one point he says, "Hey, if we get to the outside, it's easy to deal with Clue out there. We can just couple of you know things on a keyboard, and that's him. He's gone. Like, we can just deal with him." And I just I like the idea of like seeing. Like, it would make the world feel more kind of entrenched in some kind of rule if we see, like, the other side of this out in the real world. If, like, let's say Alan comes to the arcade and, like, sort of recognizes that he's went missing just like his dad did and tries to, you know, figure it out and maybe, like, maybe he does something that instrumentally helps him. Like, maybe he opens... Because remember, Flynn says that the portal can only be open from the outside. What if it did close? Mm -hmm. What if they thought they were trapped again? And then, like, the, the saving of the day is actually that in the real world, Alan figures it out and turns it back on. And, you know, you know, something simple, just something else to kind of break it up a little bit and give it another thing. And plus, more Bruce Blocks later would be... Yeah, I was going to say, you, plus you just want more Sheridan in your movie. Well, he's Commander Sheridan, damn it. <laughs> what can I say? 
Uh, all right. I, I guess we're ready to rate the movie. Um, like I think it's it's perfectly fine. It's you know it's definitely inoffensive. There's there's nothing that I want to rage and be mad about. But there's also a few silly moments and some things that I think just feel a bit hollow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think this movie is very um, subtle, but very flashy. You know, like the actual themes and subtext of the film is is not really it's not overt. It's not you have to like analyze it. Like it's not telling you everything. You know, it's just showing you everything that you need to know. Like even the beginning part. You know, there's a lot of just setting things up by saying, okay, he's good at this stuff, and. You know, he doesn't have to have lines like, well, you know, you left me and that's why I had to, like, become a bad boy for attention for my mom and blah, blah, blah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to just interject here that what you're describing is it not being badly written. And well, you should praise it for not being badly written. I also don't think, yeah, you should praise it too much for not being bad, if that makes sense. Well, I'm saying that it's a good movie because, like, I like that it does that kind of stuff. Like, oh, it, sure, I sure, like, yeah. I like that it 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 does the show and not tell because like so many films have that problem. Have yeah, the, I agree. That, that that's we bad. We have to when have these do it, yeah. clunky expositions, but they don't do that in this. I I think it's, I think that I also think it benefits on a rewatch. Like you see a lot more parallels in the outside wor- world versus what's happening inside of the grid. Um, even the speech thing, like you, it's, it may sound familiar when you hear it the second time, but when you watch it again, you're like, oh, they're the exact same thing because they were the same person then. Like things just click really well. And I love, I love this world. I think it's so creative, so cool. And I do like the original a lot too, but I like this one more. I saw this one in theaters and I loved it then. I still love it now. I don't mind being a defender against all the haters out there, but. Don't point at me. I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and my score this will reflect this that. Guy here. This guy. <laughs> but I'm going. I'm going to go high. I'm going to give it a nine. Nine. Uh, I told you I love the film. Well, it's going to be a sexy score when you put them next to each other because I'm giving it a six. Gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just you know I like watching it again, especially you know I was a little bored for like half. Like the back half of it. It, it you know it slows down a bit and i you know the, the action stuff especially all the flying around stuff it, you know it's kind of just a bunch of cg ultimately um and geography doesn't really mean much when you get to those bits because like they're just kind of in an endless ocean with nothing there really other than some like random pillars so you know stuff like that i, I do think detracts from what the action is trying to do in terms of its actual you know uh, like thrills, if you will. <laughs> I'm getting such evil looks with Tara. Um, Just waiting. But yeah, so it's a six out of ten. I, I think it is. It's, it's inoffensive. It's, it's got some fine things in it. I do think the music's really good, but you know, it didn't leave much of an impression either. And I think the original is better and more important, even though I don't like that one that much either. Just because I, I think the plot is kind of dull once it gets to the second half. Um, which I guess this I think kind of shares with it in a weird way um, but I appreciate that first film a lot more because of the techniques it's used and, and I think the look is more interesting than this one is um, 
And the thing I'm not allowed to mention again is obviously a, a mark against it. So, 6 out of 10. But not bad. Like like you say, the writing is not, like, super dumbed down for the most part. It, it does... It, it sets up the things, it gives you the information, and lets you piece some of the themes together yourself, like, like any good writing should. So, yeah. You deserve the Jared Leto version of this movie. <laughs> this is what you get, because you don't... But, you don't like this one. We don't get a sequel. Instead, you get a remake, and it's all for you. Yeah, but I don't care if they run this into the ground. <laughs> I, this I don't is like the Tron you deserve. I don't like that I'll have to watch it for a review. I dislike that part, but Jared Leto being put in something I care about more would be more upsetting. <laughs> Morbid time. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that. I have to watch it. Come on, this wasn't that painful, was it, Tara? Hurts my soul. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so as mentioned earlier, next time is episode 200, if you can believe that, and we're going to be talking what? about District 9, so look forward to that. You can, of course, get... <laughs> You can, of course, get bonus content. Our patrons voted, Tara. That's what we I want. want receipts. I want receipts. <laughs> right. Um, District 9 was... That was like choice number three. Tara, I'm sorry to say Robocop was in last place, right? Back to the Future was second. District 9 was the winner. But Back to the Future Robocop were both tied for first. What happened? <laughs> More people voted. <laughs> That's how it works. I want receipts. <laughs> receipts or no review next week. You, you can get the you can get bonus content on patreon.com slash TV every month. We have a bonus episode. Um, you know, we've recently done species like three and one, two as well, I suppose. We did that a little bit further back. Uh in fact, I think we did Gamera. Funnily enough, I think the next bonus episode might be the fiftieth bonus episode. So Whoa. There's a whole back catalogue. And it's a it's a doozy too. Oh, I just remembered oh. what we're doing next. Uh-huh. Yep. Tara's insisting the next bonus episode be Theodore Rex. So if you want to hear us talk about Theodore goddamn Rex, then go pay the $3 and have at it, I suppose. Um, Turns out it's on YouTube. That, that'll be a few weeks away, yeah. That's not that's not super... Uh, Meltdown, which is the bonus show at the $5 tiering up, uh, where we just talk about what movies we've been watching, what games we've been playing... Uh, but we do a sci-fi movie quiz at the start of the show for each other, so there's a bit of sci-fi related stuff. But mostly it's just a sort of general, hey, let's talk about movies and video games and shit. Um, that is at the $5 tiering up, and that has a new episode going out. Uh, that'll already be up with this, because yeah, we're recording this one a little bit in advance, so that'll already be up. So there'll, there'll be a new, fresh one of that that's just went out. Uh, but yeah, but you get those every month. Uh, there's bonuses for streams after midnight. Well, usually. Tim's on paternity leave right now. Uh, but there's bonuses for the collector's cut. Uh, so yeah, watch your stuff. Go check it out. Um, but that's the that's uh that's my plugging. Thank you for joining us. Support the content. Uh, like, subscribe, ding the bell. Let us know what you think of Tron Legacy, in the comments. Um, you know, sound off if you're on Team Terra. They're always on Team Terra, though. I know, cause you're a stinker. They just like you You're more just than a me. big old grump. Eh. 
I'm very positive about some things. Go, if the, like, you want to hear me be positive, go and find the streams after midnight for Terrifier 2. I was glowing <laughs> on Terrifier 2. I had an out-of-body experience watching that movie. <laughs> That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tron Legacy. Eh, check, the, check the time a few, you know, a couple times. You know, it's like, how long's left? How long is left for this review? <laughs> seconds, Tara. Mere seconds. <laughs> that's been the show, everyone. Thank you for watching. I've upset Tara. Uh, but that's okay. I'll wear it back for next time. Keep watching science fiction. A computer. Add salsa. <laughs>